All right, guys, welcome to the Inside Dirt Show. This is the Melbourne uh, Review and sort of the World Supercross Review Show and End of 23 Supercross Review Show. A uh, bit going on, a bit to cover. It's a few days late, but that is typical Inside Dirt style at times. We've had a big few days with ID Media Group finishing off the championship in the season with everything going on with our partners and content and you name it, big weekend. I commentated both nights. Uh, was was a big one. So tonight we're joined by Kyle Webster, uh, Luke Zelinski, um, Renita Vermeulen will be with us co-hosting. And uh, this is, of course, brought to you by uh, Gas Imports via Thor Australia. Uh, the 24 Thor range is out now. The Thor Prime, um, obviously the top of the range gear set, the athletic cut with Thor and worn by the likes of Cooper Webb, Danger Boy Deegan. And uh, you can see it on the world stage, AMA Supercross and uh, the recent SMX playoffs doing great things. The Sentinel chest protector and the new Sentinel knee, ra- knee guard range also out and um, check it out, gasimports.com.au forward slash Thor. And also the Michelin Starcross 6 um, dominating the AORC in the bush this year. Josh Green taking outrights and uh, class honours at the AORC. Finishes his career with Thor and Michelin. And what a massive season for Greeny. Um, can't say enough about uh, the, the products that took him to victory there. So check out Gas Imports with uh, forward slash Michelin. And also forward slash Thor. Check out your local dealers via the dealer locator on their website. And uh, with that being said, let's get to the final Supercross review show of the season. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. He's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Gator, never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It'd be like looking over and seeing your your ex-missus with someone else. Like, it's a... There's a few of them going around the pits, I'm sure. (laughs) Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? (laughs) Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked, so... Alright guys, as promised, this is the Inside Dirt Show, Melbourne Marvel Stadium Supercross Review. This one's being brought to you by Thor Australia and of course Michelin Tires and the Michelin Starcross 6. And uh, we are a few days late, it's not unlike us at Inside Dirt, not always the most organised, especially after a big travel weekend and a lot of work to get through with ID Media Group, but we are here. And um, as promised, we've got Kyle Webster coming on, we've got Luke Zielinski coming on. And uh, doing it a little different tonight, we have got uh, ID Media Group brand manager, new face you guys would have been seen at the races working with us at Inside Dirt. Uh, they call her Rendog, <laughs> Renita Vermeulen. Hello. How was the intro? That was awesome. Yeah. I love it. Can you do that every time I walk in the room? I will. Perfect. Anytime I introduce you to anybody, Rendog. <laughs> <laughs> So, like I said, Ren, you've been obviously hanging out with us at the races. Um, people would have seen you at the track previously. You've had different roles uh, with, with race teams and, and different things in the Primex and Australian Supercross pits. But um, obviously a new role for you working with us and, and working with our clients um, between Inside Dirt and ID Media Group. And and I guess before we get Kyle Webster on in just a minute, we'll kick things off with Marvel. Uh, like, what an event. Oh my God, what an event. Honestly, I think that the Oz Supercross did an amazing job. Marvel itself is huge. I've never been there before. It is insane. A few years since I've been there, I forgot just how big it is. Like literally trying to um, 
get around and and just it takes up like half the Docklands. Like, oh, you were so confused. I was Where to so go? Lost. It took me two <laughs> full days to learn like the tunnels because the World Supercross pits was over one side of the tunnel because the, there's like a full road system underneath the stadium. Yeah. Obviously, well, if you weren't riding, you wouldn't know this. But if you go out of the stadium underneath, there's like a full freeway system where people load in, load out, whatever event they're doing. Um, and I got very lost a lot. You did, yeah. Um, but yeah, WSX pits were one side, which were really cool. Then the Oz Supercross pits were the other side, and we were bouncing back and forth. There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on, but it was awesome. What a vibe there. That whole weekend was so good. It was. It was cool. I think, you know, for the championship, it's the fitting finale. Yeah. Um, it's a shame on Friday that, that obviously there was a crash or something. Uh, I think there was actually a fatality in, in the freeway system around Melbourne. Yeah, in the city, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So everything was gridlocked. So when we did opening ceremonies and stuff for Oz Supercross at, at 6.30 or whatever it was, there was like probably, I don't know how many thousand people less than there should have been, but it was very quiet. Um, the crowd rolled through. By the end of the night, I was like, wow, okay, there's actually a crowd here. And I think it's just crazy because I think Friday night they got the same crowd as Newcastle. I think it was like 15, give okay, or take, maybe yeah. a little more, thousand. Obviously, in a 50,000-plus stadium that doesn't look very impressive, but um, it was a really solid crowd for Friday and obviously then Saturday night, it was it was massive. Um, but a really good showcase. What I liked about it, um, before we get into the nitty-gritty of who did what with Oz Supercross, and, and you're a big MotoGP fan, for those of you guys listening, um, what's your TikTok? Renita Vermeulen. Renita Vermeulen on TikTok, she does the MotoGP breakdowns. Yeah. It's really cool. Go check it out. Um, but... Obviously, with MotoGP, there's the international flavor. Mm-hmm. And did you see Friday night all of the international teams watching Oz Supercross? Yeah, that was so cool to see the whole day, even when the Aussies were out practicing, all the international riders were coming out to watch and look at the track, and they were all, like, interacting with each other, which was really cool. It wasn't any segregation at all. No, it was cool. It was cool. And and then having World Supercross practice yeah. on Friday night, like, that was um, – because that's – an entirely unique animal. They don't do that anywhere else in the world. And I think, obviously, this is an Oz Supercross review. Everyone knows what happened in World Supercross. We'll touch on just the event side of it. But um, like we, you and I are watching the MotoGP testing today, right? Yeah. Um, yesterday, whenever it was. It kind of has that international vibe yeah. with the international teams. And I feel that it gets a lot of hate right now because I don't think the fans understand what World Supercross can be or what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think that right now they're trying to pit it against AMA and that's not yeah. what it is, you know, and it's going to find its identity in the next few seasons. But, you know, you've got Aranda, the French teams, the, you know, the, the Latin American riders, like all these like the teams don't speak English. I want to interview a rider on the start line. He goes, no, no, no English. Like, oh my God, straight up. <laughs> So I was like, we're going to go to this guy. He's like, no, no. I'm like, okay, no, we're not. But <laughs> it's cool, you know, and it has a different, I think once people start to understand really what it's going to become in years to, to, to fast forward, once it has that identity, it's, it's going to stand alone away from comparison to AMA, you know. And isn't it cool that it's coming from Australia? Normally these World Championships events come from America or MotoGP is all in Europe and this is coming from Australia. So that's really cool to have that here and then watch it grow. Yeah, it's very closely associated to Australia. I hope it stays that way with the new ownership and everything. Um, But, you know, they've got a solid business model with that final round. 
and you think man if they could do that with the french series and the uk and start to tag that model i don't know if it's achievable but just you know food for thought but um yeah it, we'll come back to world supercross um we'll come back to Oz supercross first things first we're gonna get on um boost mobile hrc honda's carl webster Mm-hmm. Webby um, had a bet around. You have the results. Where did he end up at? Uh? Yeah, so overall, uh, Kyle finished uh, ninth in the championship, and on Friday, he finished seventh. Yeah, okay. So uh, we'll get Webby on right now, guys, and have a chat with the man himself. Hello. Webby, how you doing, mate? Thanks for coming on. Good, thanks. How are you? Good, thanks, man. Hey, I've got a face uh, and a voice you'll be familiar with, Renita Vermeulen, who's joining us on this pod. Uh-huh. Hey, Renita. Hello. How you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Long time no see. Yeah, yeah. A little while. <laughs> Last weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really Yeah, um, not oh, long at all. Not long at all, mate. No, we saw you a few days ago. Um, sorry, my phone is thought it was on silent, but this call's blowing through. Um, Kyle. Supercross, 23, mate. Look, we saw you. You had speed. We saw you run up front at um, heat races. You got good starts at times. Um, ninth in the championship. I think seventh on the night at Marvel. Um, probably not quite what you were looking for. Like, talk about your Supercross season, mate. It seemed a little... Uh, I, I don't know. I think with your caliber of team, yourself, you know, we know you ride Supercross well. Maybe you were looking for more. But, yeah, talk us through it. Oh yeah, <clears throat> definitely a lot more. Um, like I, I felt like I was riding quite well, um, especially practicing and like sitting in the heat races and, and whatnot. But yeah, I just seemed to always find myself in a bad position or a bad spot in the main event. And like Newcastle, um, I think I went. Well, obviously I went DNF for DNF again. Um, so just those. <laughs> I guess those small small mistakes that have a large cost um, in such a short championship as well. So it it uh yeah it definitely didn't pan out the way that I wanted it to. Um, and I, I think that like I had some like I said I had some times when I was riding well, and then I had some other moments where I made stupid mistakes. So it uh yeah definitely came with a big cost. But yeah, I'm I'm bummed with how it all went to be honest with you. Yeah, I think Newcastle, that's what stood out for me, right, is that you did have those fourths and you were very competitive uh, with that lead group. Um, but obviously the DNF, what what happened in that DNF? I'm trying to recall. I, I commentated so many gate drops that night, I can't remember what. Were you in the first turn crash or was that the final moto? Yeah, well, that that was the last moto. But the first moto, I, um, I got a really good start, but I split out in the first turn and then got back up again and... Cloudy must have crashed from the first lap or the first couple laps somewhere and we are kind of both coming through the pack together. And it was like super, super slippery, obviously. So before the finish line jump, he, I think he said he got wheel spin or something on that little double beforehand and then went all the way from the right to the left over the finish line jump. But I was already like in the air and he kind of like cased the finish line jump all the way over on the left and I landed on top of him. And I don't know how, but... Luke didn't crash. He, I think he came back to fourth that moto, but yeah, I went down quite big. And, well, I must have missed uh, yeah, that completely. I, I didn't see Yeah, that. no one saw it because we were right in the middle of the pack. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, so that was, um, it bent everything up pretty badly. So I rode my spare bike in the second back-to-back race. And then, um, yeah, obviously that first turn crash in the main, uh, the last race, 
uh, was a DNF as well. Because I was by the time I got up and got going, I was like nearly two laps down. Yeah, so obviously that didn't set you in good stead, and um, you know, I think no, watching, you know, everyone sees the Instagram, you know, clips, and and I think at this point you, you ride Supercross extremely well. Um, but yeah, obviously that that's racing though, right? Like I don't want to say like it's a downer. I guess we just wanted to catch up and, and talk about the season. How did you find Marvel the track? Um, I mean, obviously results aside, it, it must be a cool event, and obviously getting to race. WSX in uh, on Saturday. You can talk about that as well. Yeah, yeah. No, like aside from the bad results, I think like riding and training and, and whatnot was was really fun. I really enjoyed it this year. It was, it was it was good, and I felt like I did make good improvements. But just on my behalf, I didn't take it to the races well enough. So that's something I'll definitely be looking to change for next year. Um, but yeah, Marvel was sick. It's it's always one of the the best events, you know what I mean? Like, it's a cool stadium. It's obviously in Vic, so it's close for us. Um, and close for the whole team. So, like, Yareev always does um, always does some, like, big events for Honda and um, a big dinner the night before and whatnot. So, it, it was cool. I enjoyed it. And then, obviously, yeah, riding for the Nils team on Saturday on 250 was... It was... Uh, it, it was cool. Like, I, I really enjoyed it, uh, and I enjoyed a lot of Abu Dhabi, but I think because it was a small track at Abu Dhabi, it was a lot easier to adjust, whereas I struggled massively this time trying to adjust from, obviously, my bike to their bike, just, like, one day apart. I've only ridden that thing once, and especially a 250. Like, I haven't had a lot of time in one since 2021, really. So, it was a big shift, um, and yet that night definitely didn't pan out how I wanted it to, how I wanted it to either, but I think, like, I'd love to do it again for sure. Just probably go a little bit more prepared. Yeah, I wanted to ask you as well, like, how did you prepare going from the 450 to 250? Because obviously it's quite different riding style and the bike controls differently and, and totally different team in that whole environment as well with the world stage from the Australian. Did you feel like you might not have had enough time to prepare or, like, did you feel coming from Abu Dhabi that everything was okay but just on that night it just was a bit too much? Yeah, I tried to prepare as best as I could. Like, I I tried to ride a 250 here a couple of times, um, and I tried to do the back-to-back thing. But on it, like, a practice track, a track you've done a heap of laps on, it, the, the swap doesn't feel too bad. Um, but I guess going to the race and, yeah, like you said, different team, different bike, whatever, at a big race and whatnot, it just didn't quite go as smooth as what I wanted it to. And I just tried to pretty much put my 450 suspension straight into that 250 because I used Kyle Peter's suspension at Abu Dhabi. But he's a lot lighter than I am. So it wouldn't have really worked that well in Marvel. But then my my 450 suspension was way too stiff for the 250. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a catch-22 there because, like, I was struggling to turn and, yeah, having a hard time with it. So, I mean, I like I said, I definitely want to do it again, but I'll just probably try and prepare a little bit better for it have my own things own suspension and whatnot to take with me to those situations yeah i think it's a tough task hey like i was surprised how well cloudy adapted to the 250 i think he was just really feeling it from obviously the win on friday night because yeah he hasn't really well i mean i guess he got that heat race win in every derby <laughs> in the worlds but typically once you're a 450 guy it is not easy to drop back down like that's a it well is, known it's hard. it's hard right <clears throat> um yeah and yeah, I think probably 
you are of the smoother riders as far as power delivery and riding techniques. So for you then to go back to trying to wring the neck of a 250 and seat mounts triple and scrub and it's probably doesn't suit you anymore. Webby, like you said, you haven't been on a 250 for a long time. And I didn't really think much of that when I saw you riding for Nils. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, just drop back down. But yeah, when you start to break down the transition, it's like, yeah, it's a lot more difficult than on paper just dropping back down. Yeah, and like what I found with like Abu Dhabi, um, obviously the track was tiny. So there was nothing you really had to seat out of a corner. Um, it was all pretty basic. So the transition was really easy. It was just kind of riding. <clears throat> and like same thing there. Like I, with a good start, I came fourth in one of the races, but then the, with a bad start and how tight that track was, like we were back battling for like a tenth sort of thing, you know what I mean? So I kind of just expected it to sort of go the same way in Marvel, like just be there, ride, um, and just get a get a hang of it. But, yeah, I think it was definitely hard. Like like you said, I am a bit smoother, sort of rev the neck off the thing and jump things out of the turns and whatnot, especially when it was rough and bumpy. It was definitely hard. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't – I saw you in practice on the 250. I just went for a walk down that big Marvel baseline rhythm, you know, where the Marvel stands are. Yeah. Um, and I think you were going like three, three on, like you had that pretty dialed. It didn't look like you were struggling as such, but obviously, um, yeah. Who rode the 450 for the Nils team? I forget now. Uh, Kevin Morans and Jordy Tixian. Yeah, it's a shame you couldn't have got one of those spots, hey? I know, that would have been cool. Yeah. It would have been good. Next year. I actually, ended up riding, I actually ended up riding Max's spare bike in the last race because someone landed on mining the first one and like smashed it up. So, um. I ended up, yeah, riding Max's complete spare bike, like his bars, his suspension, his whole thing. So that uh, the last race on that took me about nine laps to get used to that and actually be able to ride the thing. So that was uh, well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, for the weekend. obviously, with with the, the team, your team being based in Australia, I, I did wonder if they were just like, oh, let's just put the plastics on one of the the, the HRC two fifties. You know, if there's plenty of things that go on like that behind the scenes. Um, but you actually rode a Neil's bike on, on the first few races. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I rode, um, yeah, their, their whole bike, I suppose. Like, um, only thing I put on there was a set of bars really. Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. Um, I guess they're going all the expense to fly the bike out there. They're going to want you to ride it. Um, yeah. Well, it's, uh, the bike was actually awesome. The power and stuff was really cool. It was, it was so different. It, um, it was just really different compared to, like the American spec bikes, like your Eve team. So it was cool to have that comparison and it was fast. Yeah, I mean, the Euros can build a good bike, man. I, I was interested oh, yeah. to see, you know, like the, the French the French team, I forget what they're called. It's like Michelin something or other. Um, oh, the Yamaha one? Yeah, yeah. Like they have a dialed team between the 450s, but who's the 250 guy that, that podiumed? Um, um, I feel really unprofessional Desprey. now. Desprey, that's right. He, uh, you can tell, I mean, that Yamaha is a good package, but man, that thing has got some go to it with their motor. Their motor oh, yeah. So the Euros between, you know, French Supercross and stuff, they know how to build a good Supercross bike, but yeah, it's interesting to hear the difference with, um, with how you feel that bike was. So going back to Oz Supercross, obviously, um, I won't keep you too much longer, Webby, I know you've got stuff on tonight, but three, three round championship different feel to last year you know the same promoter with ame a bit more uniform with tracks and and uh, sponsorship and branding etc you've raced supercross for a long time 
I think this year took a massive step forward with something that's going to be able to grow. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think um, the tracks of like Newcastle's layout and stuff was really good. Melbourne was obviously really, really good. Adelaide was something different. It was really tight and small. <laughs> um, I personally wasn't a huge fan of that, but I can understand like it's exciting racing and whatnot, so it's a good thing for the crowd and stuff, but... I think that, um, yeah, the sport was definitely good. It was nice having sort of, I guess, the same promoter and the same same team at each round. Um, made it made for more consistency, I think. But no, it was good. It was um, it'd be good. It would be good to see it grow and get a few more rounds happening. And you know, even even for the motocross, just so we have more rounds and more racing throughout the year. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to grow. Next year is going to be more rounds, from what I'm hearing. Um, you know, I think from a rider's point of view, for you guys as a platform, it's going to be something that's really good. Um, looking at 24, man, I, I actually, I think you guys are locked in with Honda. Is that something we can talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, for some reason, I can't remember if we'd seen a press release or an announcement, but obviously back with back with the team. So that's like, what, year five, six? You've been with them for a long time now. Uh, since 2020. Oh, okay, because yeah, you were with the... The Mark yeah, Six Honda the, team. That's yeah. right. So I'm getting those two yeah, confused. Been with Honda for a while. Yeah, you've been with Honda since 2016 or 17. I think it was 16. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 16. Wow, that's um seven yeah. seven years on Honda. Coming up to long service leave. Yeah, I don't know if you get that in motocross, but you should ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure what the answer would be. Um, yeah, that's interesting, man. You really are. Um, you really have been there with the long haul. That's that's good. You don't see that a lot in the sport. So um, I think it speaks volumes for your relationship with the brand. I mean, you were Media Choice Award for Primex this year. Like it's, you know, you have that reputation of being a good brand ambassador. So, but obviously them keeping you on combined with your results, a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's been good. It's, we have a really good relationship. And obviously loyalty goes both ways. Like... <clears throat> good races and whatnot or even bad races they've always they're always there for me so it works both ways it's good so um yeah i mean 24 models not really too many updates i don't think is pretty much you've got no yeah i think it's the same yeah got your package and what's the off season like you're chilling for a few weeks or you straight back into it no yeah i'll definitely take some time off um through december and whatnot like i feel like this year like i said like we didn't do a whole heap of racing so it's just been full gas practicing and training and whatnot so a few weeks off now will be good and then um just get refreshed and kick start again into next year um back into the pre-season swing of things and try find some some local racing and some racing all over before we start the nationals again that's it mate it's uh, time to go again we were already looking at calendars today and planning travel and it, it doesn't take long before we're going back racing again does it it'll be here it'll be here in no time eh I know it's 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 exciting and it's scary now, but I think in a few months everyone's ready to get back to the track, right? So, um, oh, for sure, yeah, a couple of weeks off and uh, getting itchy again, ready to get into it. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I know you got stuff on tonight, so I appreciate you taking the time out. And um, yeah, mate, enjoy the off season, and uh, we will we'll chat to you um, preseason for for next year. Yeah, that'll be good. No, thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. See ya. See ya. All right, guys, Carl Webster on the uh, Inside Dirt Show, Melbourne Supercross Review. Um, he's such a good interview, hey? Oh, he's so great. 
I really felt for him on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's, Supercross has never quite gone his way, I don't think. Why is that? Just bad luck or is it... I don't know if it entirely suits him as a racer. He rides Supercross really well. He's an elite level rider. Yeah. And when I say it doesn't suit him as a racer, that's a silly thing to say because he is fourth in the 40 main event. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he can do it. I just don't know for him if the the dynamic of Supercross, especially in Australia with the back-to-backs and the arena cross tile tracks, like he's so fit and dialed in in motocross, long motos and... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. And sometimes in Supercross, yeah. I think the other thing with Webby is you look at it three rounds this year, four rounds last, it's not a lot of time. Yes, okay. You know? And I think he is a rider that benefits from consistency. Mm-hmm. Like... We talk about it with what we do at Prime X, right? It is a rinse and repeat schedule. Mm-hmm. Like we know qualifying is this time. We know track is this uh, race one, race two, right? Like mm-hmm. you can run your, your watch off it. Supercross, different schedule every round. Yeah, okay. So I don't know. Outside look, it could just be that shit always seems to happen. I mean, he broke his neck run Supercross back in 2017. Yeah, that's you know, right. At the back of Marsh Melbourne round. Yeah. Um, trashes happen. Um. You know, it's just saying, like, yeah, he hasn't won a Supercross. He hasn't. I don't think he's podiumed a Supercross from memory. I should have asked him. Okay. He used to work with Honda. I don't think they did. He did. <laughs> I can't remember. Can't remember I'm either. sorry. No, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, I know. It's hard to say, right? That's what Supercross is. It's a different animal. Yeah. But like you said, and when you were talking to him, he is such a smooth rider. And when I used to watch him practice and whatnot last year when I was with the team, you could clearly see the differences that he had compared to Dean Ferris, compared to Wilson Todd. Like, he is so smooth and calm and collected on the bike. But he's like that as a person. I'm like, Kyle, come on, like, get into it a bit more. But that's how he is. Mm. Yeah, he's very yeah, very calm and reserved. I don't think I've ever seen him get, like, even I was commentating at Prime X this year in Newcastle, we had a, a pretty decent get-off, like, right next to me. Like, the bike, like, flew by me off the back of a berm because I was walking back, like, on the portable mic. And like when I was racing, I'd be like, Fuck! like you know, like you know, or ow, winded. And he just like mute, just got up, just yeah. picked his bike up, like nothing happened. I'm like, like come on, dude. But that's just how he is. Yeah, it's a good way to be as a racer, being calm and collected. You know. Oh, definitely. It, it makes the whole um, the whole field quite exciting because you've got the ones who really fire up and they're like really into it, and then you've got the calmer ones, and then it's just, well. He reminds yeah. me of Brayton. They're very similar. Very similar, yeah. Very similar personality. Yes. Um, rough night for JB. Rough night. Mm, rough season. Yeah, because he was a reigning champion, wasn't he? Five time. Five time. Mm. Ooh. And when you look at that, you just go, okay, um, everyone's been waiting for it to be over. Probably yeah. even him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, as much as he would love to have won another, that that expectation mounts and mounts and mounts, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he was obviously injured from Newcastle. Didn't race Paris the week before. He he had a valiant go, but it was the same all year for JB, I thought. And there was just no ability to sprint. He had the consistent times and he could start second, start third and stay there. But there was no ability for him to challenge whoever it was. I mean, obviously Dean Wilson was just the guy this year. Yeah, he was on fire. He was, and when he came through at Melbourne, he didn't have to win, so he didn't have to catch Cloudy. Like, could he have? Probably, if it was a different round, I think he would have gone for it. Yeah. He didn't have to. Um, Smart play. Yeah. Worked out great for Cloudy to have that comeback and, excuse me, 
you know, write the fairy tale to leave CDR and, 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 and make it a full circle, which was cool. Um, but yeah, Brayton really, whoever it was that round, any round, he didn't have anything for him other than where he was on the track. Yeah. And we haven't seen that for years in Australian Supercross. Yeah. Like even Marvel, you'd go, oh, big set of whoops. All right, it's JB's night or Newcastle, big set of whoops. But then Wilson was the fastest in the whoops all season over here. Yeah. Huh. Um, and obviously Wilson's got seven foot legs, which help. But Brayton has always been fast in the whoops regardless. It's not, not that his size. So tell you what was interesting to me and tell me what you think of this. We're going to talk to Luke Zielinski in just a minute, who was um, seventh in the championship, really good privateer year. So I want to get him on. Wilson looked really different to me on Oz Supercross versus World. 100%. Mm. It felt like Oz Supercross, he was having more fun. Yeah. I mean, he said he was really exhausted after Friday night and he didn't have much in the tank for Saturday. And he was factoring into the racing at Abu Dhabi in, in the win. So maybe this is an unfair thing, but it's like Dean to me is a real confidence guy. So yep. like when he knew he could win in Oz, you saw really what he could do. Yeah. And maybe maybe he just had a burnout Saturday after the media attention and the championship and that mental load of getting it done. Um, but yeah, it, he was really impressive though all season. Oh, 100%. Like, like I said, he was on fire. I couldn't fault him. Mm. When I was watching him at Newcastle and then at Melbourne, it was just like, it was it was awe-inspiring just to see. He was in the flow. He was. Um, but man, Cloudy got it done, which was... Yeah, he did so good. Mm. So awesome. And then you were down, you know, pit lane, uh, podium, you know, full range of emotions, crying, hugging oh. the team. Like, that was, was a long way back for him. I think he'd won since 2021. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a way to I can't end. remember if he won the opening round of 22. I don't think he did. Maybe he did. Actually, yeah, I think he did. All right, so he hasn't won for still almost two years. Still two years, and then to have that win as he's exiting the team, oh, just phenomenal. Just mm. oh, and and the emotion that was there on the podium with the team afterwards, it was so cool to see. It was. It was a, a full range. It was fitting end of the championship. Like Dino and the team's doing their celebration. Um, CDR and Cloudy are doing their celebration, and yeah. then Josh Hill was just pissed. Oh, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. It was such a thing, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that was funny. Um, well, not funny for Hill, but um, Cloud got second in the championship because of the win. Yeah. Hill got fourth in the race. Fourth in the race, yep. And that cost him second in the championship. Yeah. Right. So not only was there, the, I'm sure, the money bonus of losing second in the championship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he got caught up with the lappers and they, like he came off the track and was just on the limiter and yelling and then yeah. the officials are like you got to come to the podium he, he didn't want he to he just rode off <laughs> like they had to go get him out of the pits and bring Rick him back Sinclair just yelling at him yeah, Josh Josh you got on the podium he's like ah. <laughs> but um that's unique for Hill because he's not normally that guy like he's normally have fun do whips okay. just here to travel and I love Australia and he was pissed like I've never seen that side of him yeah, wow. Well, it's good to see that he was putting that much um, work and energy into the Australian Championship. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, to ride and race at that level, he's got that in him. You just don't see it very often because yeah. I think he's in that point of his career where it's more he's doing Josh Hill, but it's cool. Yeah, real cool. Yeah. All right, let's get uh, Zelinski on here. All right, here we go. Lynn Zelinski on the Inside Dirt Show Melbourne Supercross Review. 
Hey, Joe. Hey, mate. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. Appreciate the time. Um, I'm here with Renita, so she'll chime in with some questions at some point. Um, yep. Thank you. No, no worries, man. Hey, let's get straight to it, Luke. Um, first Supercross season in SX1, seventh in the championship. I think season best six moto score at round one uh, in the final, like as a full privateer, man, like big, uh, big season, big breakthrough season for you, like second half Primex and then Supercross, like it is a really um, good to see you get on a roll and, and break through. Yeah, definitely. Like the end of the year, definitely gotten a lot better than the start of the year. My riding, my riding throughout the Supercross season, I was practicing good, or I felt like I was, I was practicing really good, and I just, I still got good results of like for the position I'm in, like my first, my first season and whatnot. I got good results, but I always just every round, Adelaide I felt good, but Newcastle and Melbourne I just felt like I just still wasn't riding to my potential, which I was a little bit bummed about. Like I feel like I could have just been up that extra couple of positions if I really, I don't know if I could just put it together, but. Overall, I'm pretty happy with it. Being my first season, second privateer, and the fourth Aussie, I can't really, I can't really complain. Not at all, man. I mean, look, um, the biggest thing is you're out of this championship with some good momentum, and you're not injured. You know, that's something that not a lot of guys can say in Supercross, especially first season. Yeah. You know, um, you got something to build on now, man, which is a really important yeah, stepping a, stone. A big thing for me, a big thing for me was getting through the season and not crashing out before round one or like I just really wanted to I'd rather be down at one position in the championship and actually complete a season and learn like because I was still learning at Melbourne like it's a, everything was just a learning for me whether it was how the events worked bike set up everything I was just learning so my biggest goal was to just make every race and walk out of there healthy that's I've talked about that in previous podcasts, even this season, where I'm like, we had round one, then we had those three weeks, and like literally, I think five, six riders got injured, and it's a thing in Australia where everyone rides Supercross right away after motocross, and they learn to ride it, and then there's that transition from riding it to racing it where the Aussie riders lack that experience, and they get hurt because they try to scrub the rhythms and they get ahead of themselves and they try to blitz the whoops and, and the consistency leaves them for intensity. Um, so again, you navigated that where now you have something to build on. Whereas if, yeah, you got injured or what we see from so many riders, I mean, it's different for Will's. Will's done Supercross for 10 years. He can yeah. come back and he has a lot of experience. Like you guys have to build that experience, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I spoke to a lot of people throughout the season, leading up to the season when I was talking about doing it, and they said, like, the way I was sort of going into it was, yeah, I'm not the fastest guy, and I may not have world's fastest lap times in practice and whatever, but in the race, if I can do every lap, do every rhythm the same, maybe be a second or two off, but if I can just click my laps off and not end up on the ground, you always end up in a pretty good position so that's the way i sort of tried to go into it and yeah sort of ended up right i thought well, look man you were five points out of fifth in the championship like looking at yeah the I, was, I was a bit spewing about that yeah like that's uh impressive you know i mean joel whiteman first aussie fifth in the championship willsey two points ahead of you you know six in the championship um 
you know, you beat factory guys like we just had Kyle Webster on, but you know, Webby was ninth in the championship. Um, you know, Jackson Richardson, Joel Evans, like these guys, you know, Richo's won Supercross championships before. Um, so yeah, like you said, fourth, yeah, fourth Aussie home, second privateer, um, Whiteman's roast AMA Supercross. He's he's a Supercross guy. So really, when you think about it, you're probably the first of the Pro MX privateers um, for Australia, which is again pretty cool. Yeah, when you put it like that, that's all. It's all right, but you <laughs> yeah, know I'll, what I'll it's like it. as a I'll racer. <laughs> you know what it's like as a racer. Like you, you always want more. Yeah, which I, is where I'm, I'm a long way happy. removed from being a racer, man. So I don't anymore. But yeah, I, I yeah. guess you would. I get what you're saying. But yeah, no, I'm definitely not complaining, and hopefully we can just build on it for next year. Hey, Luke, tell us what it was like to ride at Marvel Stadium under the lights with the crowd there, just feeling the energy and the atmosphere. What was it like for you? It was, it was cool. Like I've never raced in stadiums I've never raced at night time I've never done anything like that before obviously I'm still young I'm only 20 and like it's it's so much cooler like just riding into the stadium and lining up with dudes that are world class obviously it's compared to motocross it feels like the spectators and that are like nearly on the track and on top of you so it's cool but then again once well I don't know about everyone else but once you're racing you sort of you don't even well Personally, I can't even really notice the spectators. You're too worried about actually racing. Yeah, I think when you're funneled in, I mean, I raced Supercross throughout the years when I was racing in different, you know, UK and, and Australia and different things. And every now and then, if there's a big crash, you will hear the crowd react, but you're so funneled into what you're doing. Yeah, once the gate drops, it, uh, it stops really, doesn't it? You funnel in. Yeah, definitely. And like, like Melbourne, I was, I was focused, like, that was the first time I've ever even hit a metal ramp and I had to bloody do the finish line. <laughs> you never hit a freestyle ramp before. Yeah, okay. The first time I've ever even ridden a full-size supercross track because I don't have access to full-size supercross tracks where I ride. And so it was like the whole the whole series has been a massive learning. Like my bike setup, I've just constantly been changing because I've been getting a bit faster and learning a few things and I've been changing suspension and whatnot flat out. Just And like I'm still, I still want to change it now. It's all been learning, which has been good. Tell me about, um, obviously, like you said, you you, lead, you finish Pro MX and you decide to do Supercross. You're trying to find tracks to ride, people to train with, coaches. Like, what did your program end up looking like? Who was you riding with? You know, what were you doing? My program was pretty good. Track-wise, track wise, I kind of struggled a little bit. Um, the main track I got to ride at with my coach, which is Jake Moss, um, Tracks, not the hugest track, um, more stadium costly, I could say. And we tried to, like, it's all we had, and we tried to, we beefed it up sort of with what we could, with what machinery we had, and whatnot. And I could, I only really rode there mainly. And so every now and then, ja- Jake Moss, you're training with Jake. Yeah, he, I've been right, like, he's been sort of mentoring me all year. I started this year. Yeah, right. It's just surprising. Um, I didn't know he was. Um, I know Matt has been working with, with young riders, like the eighty five Supercross guys, but I yeah. didn't know that Jake was still working with riders. Yeah, well, he he likes to fly under the radar a little bit. Like it's a little. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He, he doesn't. Um, it's it's not a 
30 appetizers put out their thing. Yeah, okay. Um, he works with a little group of us, and we've sort of been doing that. And every now and then, like, there's been a few tracks sort of open up. Someone will have a ride day or whatnot, and I just go down there on a Saturday or just things like that. But I didn't, yeah, I rode probably the same three tracks that weren't really too hectic, to be honest. So, but that's all I had, so I just rode them. Yeah, I mean, going um, from I got, that I got, to Marvel is, you know, that's, yeah, you know, obviously it's Newcastle was what I would say as a full size Australian Supercross track, and then going to, um, going to Marvel is like a full size AMA track. Yeah, well, like, I never even hit a full size Supercross triple the whole preseason till I went to the rounds. Like, then my tracks were a little bit, well, they were definitely under, under par compared to racing, but, like it was still good and it all ended up like it all ended up good so that's just the way it was but oh yeah so yeah man talk about (laughs) it's funny right the freestyle ramp thing well i remember 2019 carmichael remember when carmichael was doing the ozx open thing and he'd come out and just like press and opening ceremonies and and i don't know why i think in 2019 they had that um that, that freestyle finish was, like, big, man, like, really big. And I remember yep. watching everyone hit it first lap. I did the same this year. I was just, like, sat there with the popcorn. <laughs> just, like, here we go. And everyone's, like, double, double. Yeah. Like, and and everyone's just making sure they were a little long to, to get over the top. But I remember yeah. watching Carmichael in 2019 literally go to the floor on that thing, like over jumping it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, how was that? You just, like... Obviously, your timing, I didn't see you case it or, or have any issues, but um, obviously a bit of a butt-clenching first hit. Yeah, definitely. Like, the way they built it to you can't really roll it. Like, you get you roll it on your first side lap of practice, and then it's not a jump that you can just roll. Yeah, you don't want to roll it. So, again, eh? Everyone was not feeling no, it. Right. No. It was nearly scarier to roll, to be honest. It's like hitting a spine but, on a dirt bike, yeah. Yeah, it, it's no good. But, yeah, it, it, it was definitely – I did – I definitely clipped the top of the down ramp a fair few times throughout practice and qualifying, just trying to get used to it. Like, you have to hit, well, I felt you have to hit it way faster than you think because you go so high and not long. It was, it was really weird compared to, like, the triples and that. You don't hit them anywhere near as fast with as much throttle. No, you get so, so much more pop off the ramp. Um, so I kept, I kept just backing off that little bit on the up ramp. I just kept clipping it and clipping it. So it took me a while to get used to it, but in the end, it was it was actually good. Like in the main, when I was really used to it, because the ramp obviously never changes. Then, just every lap you just hit it exactly the same. It was actually it was a cool jump. Yeah, man. Um, did you see um, Aranda in the practice on Friday night? You may not have because you yeah. were ready for. Did you uh, see I just that? walked into the stadium after he did the quad for the first Dude. time. And- did you see that, Ren? I missed it. Aranda did the quad and his qualifying lap. Yeah. And then he was feeling it, so he just peeled one off the ramp. Oh. But he scrubbed and slid. Oh, and, no. And it just – it was probably one of the biggest whips I've seen off of a ramp. It was pretty gnarly. It, and, and he was – it was off axis. So, like, he was peeled, but then the bike was following through. And I'm, I was on the mic. I'm just like, ah! Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's no. done. I'm, like, yelling. And then he just comes he around. Really? Yeah. And oh it, my God. it was the checkered lap. 
So he comes into the pits and I grabs an interview with him and he's French, right? So I'm like, oh my God, you nearly just... Uh, was it Ramet or Aranda, Luke? Can you remember? Uh, Aranda. Uh, I think yeah, it was, I think Aranda. It was Aranda, yeah. Number 20. Yeah, yeah number 20. Yeah. The fourth year on. Yeah, Aranda. Yeah, and he's just like, yes, I, I like the track, I like the quad, I like the ramp. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just... Yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah, no way was, I'd be doing that. That was cool. He he peeled one on Saturday night as well. That that guy can whip. Did I'll you, just straight jump it. No, I was going to say, did you, over it. did you send any off it or no? Nah, I'm flat out doing it in a straight line. Let alone do a whip. <laughs> oh, all right, man. Hey, um, so, um, I think this Supercross season will open some doors for you. Um, I know there's some news that we can't drop. Uh, that you've got some exciting stuff coming up, man. So it's like it's cool to see where things are going for you. Yeah, hopefully it does open up a few doors, but I guess you never know. And we just sort of keep keep on working for the next season. I was talking hopefully to you again today, is what I'm getting at. But yeah, we can't put that out yet. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we can, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and yeah, we'll see. See where it goes after that. So can I we suppose. release it on uh, Inside Dirt Breaking News? No, I don't think we'll put it out yet. I but think. when we can, oh, we'll put it out. Be the we'll first? get the exclusive. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, that'll work. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, your, your dad was pretty yeah. stoked today, so it's going to be cool to see where that goes. But yeah, I yeah, think um, you know we've been talking off of. Uh, well, not off of air. It's just a weird thing to say, but we've been talking, and and I've been working with you guys a little bit, and and um, you know start putting your program together for next year. I think there's a lot of potential to expand on that and then obviously head into to Pro-MX 24. Um, you know, again, last few rounds, you really caught some momentum. So I think with this Supercross, you can bring that straight into next year, you know? Yeah, definitely. If I can, if I can keep the momentum going from how I finished the Pro-MX series, um, if I can run with that full series, I can't see why I can't end up in a good spot by the end because the last few rounds I rode sort of the best I've ridden all year. Well, I've ridden like that all year, just putting it together on race day is different. Yeah, I think so that was the difference. You actually were able to execute. You made it in the Super Bowl. Um, they're all stepping stones to get to where you are, right? Yeah, and just at that time, riding like that, it just felt normal. Like I wasn't, doing anything crazy. It was, I was just riding and it felt normal. So hopefully I can get that feeling back again by the time we come back to Pro-Max next year and I definitely think we'll be in a good spot. Yeah, I think that's the progression, right? When you say it felt normal, it's because you've put the whole season together and then your base is becoming so much higher that, than it feels normal. You know, like making it to Super Bowl and not feeling out of the ordinary with your speed and, and race day and that just shows that you're progressing, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the hardest. Like, obviously, once you progress and you get better, you you got to feel like you belong there. And hundred percent, yeah. Like, uh, I didn't struggle with that in Supercross, but like, I'm racing like Dean Wilson and Josh Hill and all them blokes. I got their their posters are on my wall when I wake up in the morning still, and now I got everybody race them. You know. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, I guess, you know, you look at how long someone like Hill has been a pro for or Dino, you'd have been a kid when they were, you know, winning races in AMA Supercross, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, I've spoken to a few pros in the start line 
over the last 12 months. And like these things have been racing just a 450 longer than I've even been alive. Like it's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, Justin Brayton's literally double your age and then some. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, when you put it that way, that's some perspective, right? Like you think 20, like, yeah, that's an established age for motocross. Like you, you were into your pro career. But I think the sport's changing. The older guys are, you know, like Dino's 30s, early 30s. Hill is early, mid-30s. Brayton's 42, I think. Is he? Yeah. I really don't know. Hey, um, you should know this ex-Honda PR oh, sorry. person. I'm so sorry, but yeah, <laughs> Brayton's an older, he's older rider. <laughs> he may be four. I don't know. He's I think he's Chad's age, maybe a bit younger than Chad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess you put that in perspective. Look, that's interesting. Yeah, like you'd have been riding peewees and 65s when those guys were racing pro. Yeah, pretty much. So like you always want to be better, but like they got 10, 15 years of racing on me and I haven't even been racing for that long. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, again. It makes the season even more impressive, mate. So, um, hey, I think we'll we'll finish it up there, Luke. And um, appreciate the time, mate. Congratulations on the season. It was really cool to see. Uh, it's been it's been good to to get you to know you and the fam. You know, this second half of the season, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for what's to come for you. Um, early 24 and heading into Primex, like it's going to be cool to to see that unfold, mate. So. Yeah, enjoy the. I guess there isn't really any downtime. You're going to keep training. I know that. So, yeah, keep up the good work, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have a chat. All right, mate. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, bud. Sweet. Thank you. All right, guys. Lou Zelinski here on the Inside Dirt Show. Um, he did so well on the weekend. He did. He did it. He's he. He's a little bummed out. Like it's yeah, yeah. He was. I'm thinking, dude, you rode awesome. The results are great. Like it's a stepping stone. It's your first Supercross season. Yeah, I don't think he understands how well. Like you look at that. Look at that championship right there. You got you know Dean Wilson, AMA. You know champ. Yeah. One of the better riders of the last couple of decades in in Supercross and motocross in America. Yeah. Excuse me. You got Luke Clout. You know wins mains over here. He's he's been. AMA Supercross rider, he's won championships. Hill, just all-round legend at this point. Like, he's won main events in America. He does everything. Yeah. Brayton, five-time champ. And then you got Whiteman, who has raced AMA Supercross, has been a Supercross guy for a long time. Yeah. Very understated fifth in the championship for him. Very okay. understated. Like, that's a... I should have got him on the night, honestly, but I just don't have him as handy in the texts right now to reach but i thought you knew everyone i know everyone i just um whiteman's pretty under the radar okay like they do their own thing well if you're listening and you want to come on our pod you just hit joe up uh, i he runs track right suspension they have their own business as a family like they're they're very how to put this like blue collar moto but man he he kills it he's going to go back to ama i think next year and do some some american oh, supercross again awesome then look wheelsy's wheelsy He's like probably the most stylish rider in Australian motocross, supercross ever. Can we just talk about that for like one little second? Again. Like for me, when I would see the Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels, mm. Hot Wheels, yeah. and the team get up when they'd all come out in those overalls, I was like, that is cool, man. Uh, he's He's got a vibe. Like he does it right. He's just a cool cat. Like it's yeah. all you can say about Wheels. You're watching him, you watch him ride. And then the fact that he freezed Vince Freeze. Yes. Like... People's Champ Award 
instantly. Like, I think everyone in the world was cheering for him at that point. And then he got freezed. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys don't know what we're talking about, look at Dylan's Instagram and look at the caption he put. It is great. Yeah. It's like, tried to freeze the freeze and got freezed by freeze. <laughs> but, hey, man. Again, and Willsey, you know, six, you know, five. He's a privateer with factory support. Yeah. Uh, and then Zelinski. So hats mm-hmm. off to him, man. Top 10 in your yeah. first championship. That's so good. It's cool to see. Right, we're going to call Darnell official in a second. Um, but that pretty much sums up the 450s, Renita. We'll, we'll go into SX2 mm-hmm. with Darnell. But um, I think there's a lot of talking points, but really, Ant's the perfect season. Oh, he dominated. Is where it starts. Um, he did. He won every... Every main. Yeah. Uh, not just by a little bit. Yeah. It was another level. Yeah. Which was re- like interesting to watch as a fan perspective for me. And it was exciting because there was this person who was dominating whatnot. But I would come into this going, oh, you know, in the in the Pro Max, it's always um, Wilson Todd or Nathan Crawford. And these guys are always up the top. And then all of a sudden, Ansi's there and he's just got these massive gap every weekend. Yeah, I think that's the difference as you go... Like, you saw what our elite domestic level is. Yeah. And I'd put Cole Thompson, Robbie Wageman, there, you know, Thompson's won Canadian Supercross, right? He's raced AMA and he's a top 10 guy. Wageman, same deal, top 10 guy, I think, at times on a good night for him mm-hmm. in the States. Um, so, I think 5 through 15, maybe 7 through 15 in America is probably on par with elite domestic level. In 250s? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And then you have um, that next level. And yeah. we don't often get to see that in the 250s. Normally, the elite level was in the 450s when it comes to World Supercross or Australian Supercross. But Max, I, I didn't get to clock the lap times in the evening, but I know he was fastest, I think, Friday and Saturday during the day qualifying times on a 250, which just goes to show you how fast he was going. Mm. Like he was besting the 450 riders. And just watching him on the bike, he also rides quite smoothly. He's not this like overly um, like aggravated person. Like he's quite cool, calm and collected like Kyle. But he was just in the flow and he just looked like he was having so much fun and listening to him in the press conference on Friday and Saturday, same thing. He just kept saying, I feel like I'm 17 again. Like I'm just riding so good. I'm loving being on the 250. Like everything's just working well. He did, didn't he? He's like, I feel like I've got so many years left in me. Yeah. Because I'm just learning Supercross, um, which is scary, really, when you look at how well he's riding now. It's like... I don't know, like the the team, not that I want to talk bad on the American side of the, like the Firepower Honda team away from the Boost Mobile HRC Honda team in Australia is still owned by Yurif Konsky. Yeah. You know that program well. You worked in it. Yeah. It's somewhat the same team. Like they have global resources with sponsors and partners. But I would say that perhaps it's probably not. He did win a main event this year on that bike in AMA Supercross. So you can't say it's not competitive. But probably on a week-to-week basis – is it competitive with Star Yamaha and Pro Circuit Cowie? Maybe the only thing that holds him back, in my opinion, going for a championship in America. It's hard to say. I, I don't know enough about the bike over there to, to really say confidently that might be the case. But uh, maybe it's not. Maybe he does have the package over there as well. I mean, clearly he's riding that bike at a world-class level. So yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see where Max actually lands with AMA Supercross in 24. I think doors are going to open for him. 
When I say lands, I mean like results wise. Oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think he's very set on keeping this world supercross American supercross thing going. Yes. So I would be surprised if he was to leave what he's doing. Yeah. Because there's not many teams that can offer both. And he's kind of been the realistically, he's like their franchise guy. Do you know he what I mean is. by that? Like he's because he speaks well. He's always happy. Everything's always so good. Like yeah. he's really, really good for Honda. Like Roxon's the media guy for World Supercross. Like he's meant to win the championship. He's the head of the sport. Yeah, he's you know, what he, brings the fans in. He is. He's that guy. Mm. But I think Max is a very a convenient second for World Supercross. Yeah. Because he's British. So yeah. he has that international flavor. Um, so you put Rox and Max and the Americans in the press conference. Yeah. And all of a sudden it is an international thing, isn't it? Even though Roxon and Max and the Americans are all based in America. Yeah. It doesn't read that way when you're listening to them speak. And I think for World Supercross it's good because the FIM – um, award ceremony is happening in England this year, right? Mm. So Max is going to go home and he's going to be World Supercross 250 champion. It's going to be great for the sport mm. to have that British at the British, you know, celebration for World Supercross. It's cool. It's cool. I think um, it's a very fitting, uh, you know, German 450 champion in World Supercross, British, yeah, you know, Australian. I mean, what a, what a weekend for him, man. What a weekend. Like Aussie Supercross champ, World Supercross champ, like big bonus night for him actually yeah. <laughs> but just a big um it was interesting hearing him talk in the press conference wasn't it because he sort of said last year he struggled with the the format to win the championship because he was in protection mode and he was like i'm not doing that this year he wanted to win from the front yeah and then having to do that in both oz and world supercross it was like he said he really had to you know the mechanic after the the second back-to-back for Worlds was like, you won the championship or whatever. And he's like, I don't even want to know. Like, don't tell me. Like, yeah. I just want to focus on the gate drop. Yeah, he was all focused on that last race. Like, I want to race. I want to race. I want to win. Yeah. And then he didn't have to win. And then I think Darnell will talk about that. But then the, NATO got the whole shot in one of the World Supercross mains. Yeah. And Max had to catch and pass him. And it was all just, it was a cool night. It was just, there was so much going on. There was so much. I love that when Nathan got the whole shot, was leading for a little bit. So good. So sick. What was the phrase you and I came up with? Um, <laughs> can you remember? No, because we've come up with a lot of phrases it was, We lately. were talking about the post event come down. Not, not oh, literally. Yeah, I have this thing when I used to go to MotoGP of post-race depression. Yeah, that's where right. Where it's like the day after and you're like, oh, I have to go back to reality now. Yeah, because I was <laughs> like, man, I get so bummed out when I have to fly home on Sundays after these because yeah. obviously I've just exhausted myself on the mic and, you know, it's a big day, right? Like we get to the stadium at nine and we leave at midnight. Yeah. Like it's a big day. Um, By the time we went out for a few drinks Friday night, like I'd clocked, I left, I woke up, just before 4 a.m. Um, for Friday morning to fly to Melbourne. Yeah. And I went to bed at about 3 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning. Can we, um, so when, about when we get hours. Darnell on, can we talk about Grant Langston? We can definitely talk about Grant Langston. Okay. Yeah, we're going to call him right now. For those who don't know, Grant Langston's biggest fan right now coming up. Yeah. Well, I was a big fan too, so. <laughs> Yo. Yo, Darnell official. What's happening? Well, we figured now was a good time to bring you in because we were talking about the long days into the long nights of Supercross. <laughs> <laughs> and we were going to call you at, at my forte, isn't it? 8 o'clock anyway, but um, it just seemed fitting because we spoke about you know Friday night, um, you know, Grant Langston wrangling, the whole thing. It was It was a fun time. 
Yeah, you mean our close personal friend Grant Langston? I do. I mean <laughs> our, our very close personal friend Grant Langston. Man, what a! I'm just going to say this. He is one of the most genuinely good people I've ever met in my life, and I, I spent a lot of time with Grant over the weekend because, funny enough, like other than a world title and a couple of AMA titles, they're very similar and have the same like goals in life, which is talk about dirt bikes, watch dirt bikes, ride dirt bikes, and drink. Um, so yeah, other than a world title and an AMA Supercross light title and an AMA outdoor title, I feel like I'm basically. Grant Langston at the moment. Yeah, just a few millions of dollars difference and everything else. But <laughs> it's funny, right? To, to set the scene, so obviously Langston's in the commentary crew. We go back to the hotel and and then we end up, me, Danny Ham, Langston and, and and Hammy's wife, we're just grabbing some some drinks across the street from the hotel, grabbing some dinner. And then you're hitting me up. Renita's with you at the other bar. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go meet my friends. Langston's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm just going to go to a bar. Like, I'm just going to go hang out. And he's like, well, I'm not going to bed. I'm like, all right, well, I don't know. Like, this this friend group can get pretty wild. <laughs> and not me, just Not, not you, FYI, not me either, but <laughs> some of the other people that Darnell was with, our, our other friendship group. And what are you trying to say about my friends? <laughs> well, they're our friends collectively, but they are a wild bunch. And yeah. everyone cuts loose at Melbourne Supercross. Let's not beat around the bush. Um, but it was so funny because we we're at this pub and like there's all these Moto fans in there and in comes Grant Langston and Danny Ham and everyone's eyes And, jo- just and Joe like, Stevens. Oh, sorry. And Joe Stevens. Everyone's <laughs> eyes light up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. But um, no, nah, man. The only other champion that we forgot to mention was there was a six-time Gippy World champ. You know, Matty Slutes was in the house. He was. With a, he was. Fresh off a couple of broken ribs in a hospital day <laughs> from a trans photo. Spitting up blood. He there. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. there. But um, what, a, what a time it's had. But let's, uh, let's talk some Supercross. Yeah, I was going to say, let's get into the racing. So you've come in at SX2, man. We've just talked about Max Anstey just dominating. Um, but we should probably bring up your close personal man friend of Nathan Crawford because he had a really big weekend as well. Yeah, he had a, he had a great weekend. Uh, I mean, Friday night, probably... When he finished fourth in the main, I think it was, um, which which was enough to secure second overall in the in the championship, which is pretty wild considering he finished ninth at round one, you know, in a in a three round series to, to go from ninth to second <clears throat> in four races, basically in four points paying races is uh, pretty unusual. Let's say that. Um, it just goes to yeah, show no. the inconsistencies of Supercross, right? Well, that's it. That's exactly it. You know, you had you know. If you have one bad race in in Newcastle, like that, could really, really upset your championship. So, um, you know, it was it was interesting to see that Cole Thompson. You know, what a way for Circo to go out. You know, to ride the way that he did. Um, you know, it's a bit bittersweet to see him up on the podium, and it, you know, for it to be the farewell to Circo after after twenty was it twenty great years of racing. And you know, you think about the guys that we had on there. On the world stage, on the Saturday night, you know, you had Luke Clout, former Circo rider. You had Nathan Crawford, for, former Circo rider. Aaron Tanney wasn't there on the weekend, but he's been, you know, he's, an, he's a 450 motocross champion. He won a heat race at WSX last year at Melbourne. You know, he's a former Circo guy. Uh, Reese Budd, who's current Circo guy, was, you know, up on the 450 for Club of Maxville and Infamoffy. Cole Thompson's out there. I've probably missed one. Uh, Wilson Todd, another one, you know. So, I mean, Cam Taylor those, was there. He's not he Cam was there. Taylor. I was, think he was the first, one of the first the national first, championships yeah. for Circo back in 2005. Yeah, like, you know, you've got, 
yeah, so many good guys have come out of that team. Um, you know, was Mitch Evans there at one point? Maybe no, he was. Uh, he was Yamalilla. Jed Beaton's another one. You know, was a circo guy racing the world stage. So, like the the talent that has come out of that team and the riders that they have developed as a, as a team over twenty years is um, something you got to take your hat off to. And it, it was fitting, man. It was fitting that that they went out on the podium. Like I was really stoked to to see that for those guys. Yeah, and I hope you know if something does come about and the and the guys return, that'd be great because you know the cruel people that they've got there from top to you know from the top down, like Gav. I don't know what more can you say about Gav? Like he's uh, an icon of Australian motocross, you know, running that team for twenty years, and obviously the business side of it as well, you know. Yeah, um, man, what he does with Serco has has been very impressive. TZ, the main mechanic, like TZ's a, a legend. He's been around MXGP, British champs, like. He's. Um, I wonder where he's going to land next year. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, no, and you can't you can't forget um, truck driver slash backup team manager Johnny Rowe. Like, yeah, who forget Jay Rowe. He's uh, he's put the hard yards in, um, and they seem to really have good results when when Gav's not there and Jay Rowe fills in as team manager. You know, well, that's <laughs> like the running the running joke, isn't it? Yeah, that is. But you know, Jay Rowe's on truck driver of the year. You know, like <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's sad to see Circo go. You know, they're just a, a good bunch of people to have around. Um, so we'll see what happens from from here. But um, other than that, you know, who else around at the podium? Like it's blank on me now. Well, yeah, obviously Thompson um, uh, was he second on the night? Yeah, and then Wilson Todd third, or was it the uh, other way around? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you probably lost me at this point. Maybe no, it might have been a Honda one too. Yeah, maybe it was maybe Todd it was. second. Yeah, I think it was Todd second, Thompson third, and Crawford fourth. Yeah, and then you had Wiseman fifth, Barham sixth. So I'm struggling to find the actual live timing results tonight. So I'm looking at the championship and reverse engineering those results. But um, mm. yeah, Crawford, um, yeah, second in the championship, fourth on the night, and then um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Wilson Todd was second on the night. Could be wrong. Hey, anyone listening, if Joe's wrong, please abuse. Full force, abuse him. He's yeah. the host of the show. Oh, here we go. Renita's sorting it out. Yeah, you yeah, still right. have to give me a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, oh, you're in the pressure seat now. I sat in that seat for so many years. It sucked. Yeah. Hey, you've left big shoes for me to fill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you, you'll do a good job. You'll do a better job than I did. So. Um, yeah, Darnell did leave big shoes to fill. Um, obviously... Caleb Barham, um, another of your riders, Darnell, with Alpine Star, and, um, you know, riding double duty with World Supercross. Ah, here we go. Uh, yeah, Anstey, Todd, Thompson, Crawford, Wageman. Yeah, Barham, six. So, Barham was six on the night and six in the championship. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's, um, yeah, it was cool to see. Obviously, there was a lot of guys pulling double duty. Those top six actually pulled double duty, you know, with, with Max taking the world title on Saturday night, um, Wilson Todd riding for for the Firepower team, Nathan is a wild card. Cole in for uh, Club and Max on the two fifty. Caleb was a wild card, and then Wageman for CDR. You know, filling in for for Aaron Tanny. Like it's uh, yeah, it was it was cool to see high quality talent from home racing over there. What world Supercross moto was it that NATO led? Was it the opening one? He led the first one. That's right. He, he led the main one. And the crowd uh, went into it, hey. 
Yeah, they were. Yeah, I reckon I may have covered two or three rows behind me in an alcoholic beverage as he uh, as he pulled the altar. The arms went up, you know, and there was some screaming, some yelling, some everything else in between. But um, no, it was cool to see Nathan run up front. Like you know, it proves that he is that that world level guy that that he you know wants to be. Um, unfortunately, yeah, he went down while he's running third and um, had a bit of an, a bike issue, which. They thought they fixed for the second one, but turns out, yeah, it was something something more. So he dropped out of the second main. Um, I said that's what happened, then, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, eight in the uh, in the third main. Um, hey man, top ten and, in that field and leading a main like that's a solid night. Like obviously it didn't go to plan, but um, well, we talk about we talked a lot about Barham last time, and I will, you know, obviously I hold a bit of bias because they are my boys, but. Yeah, the, um, the Barham t-shirts were legit, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. A guy pulled me up on the crowd, which is really cool. It's cool to see people get behind, you know, someone like KJ, you know, that long-term privateer, to have someone actually stop me in the stadium to say, how does this guy not have a ride? <laughs> um, it was really cool for him to go 10, I think it was 10, 12, 10 for 10th overall, you know. Um, he, he got a podium in Newcastle, six in the Aussie Championship. Man, he was a private here at the start of the year. We weren't even sure it was going to go racing. So it was super cool to have that. Um, but the event on a whole, what a, what a weekend in Melbourne, you know. we It was a big one. It was, man. Yeah, Renita and I have talked about it. Like, it's – I talked about it, like, on my Instagram stories. Like, I, I flew out of the Gold Coast Friday morning. I didn't really think anything of it. And literally, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm on the – 6 a.m. jet star or whatever ungodly hour of the morning it is and i'm looking around and there's like the national dress of motocross fans there's black t-shirts and black hats pretty much everywhere and i'm like okay like looking at everybody and oh yeah supercross yeah yeah okay all right and then i get on the plane and the air stew the hostess is like oh you have supercross and i'm like wow and i looked around the plane it wasn't industry that we so it used to see. it was fans and you think yeah, right. about that's flying out of Goldie, it would have been the same out of Sunny Coast, it would have been the same out of Adelaide. And that's what that event does. Like all the Supercross fans in the country fly to that event. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I thought I thought the crowd might have been bigger on Friday night than than what we ended up getting, but still, you know, I think um, I think the crowd knew he was actually bigger than what we had on Friday night in Melbourne. Well, I think it was uh, I think fifteen in Melbourne Friday, I think Nui was seventeen maybe. Um but you know how it is in that stadium, Reed and I talked about it. You put it is such 15, a big stadium. You put fifteen thousand people in a. I don't know how many thousand that thing sits, but even thirty five, forty thousand on Saturday night looks half empty. Well, thirty five, forty thousand would look quite full because they're only seats about fifty. Does it? I thought it was more yep. than that. No, in soccer configuration, it sits about fifty. I think. Okay. Well, um, not the best left, but regardless, I mean. I think it was because I noticed on Friday night whenever I was like, make some noise, it didn't sound like the amount of people that looked. It sounded like more. You know, you can tell from the noise of a crowd how many people was there just from commentating. It didn't look mm-hmm. like that many, but there was still a decent crowd. But yeah, it, it was a shame that the Aussie night probably didn't get the full attention it deserved, but it's just inherent to the world guys being on Saturday, right? Well, that's the thing too. I think it, that's the thing that's always going to hurt Melbourne is having the double header you're always going to have a weekend night um you know it's hard it's in a tricky place at the moment 
um, with the world round and do, do you run them together on the same day maybe and run the Aussie round as a curtain raiser but then you know should the Aussie guys get their own night because they deserve it you know to have the full attention um, it's hard you know um, I think there's even conflicting sponsors tough blocks TV commercials you got to think about oh, I have to wear a different uniform Friday night to Saturday night you know, mm. you think about the guys that are doing double duty. Imagine if they had to race twice on the yeah. same night for different teams, different gear, different tires, different whatever. Yeah, it'd be yeah. too much. It'd be too much. But I think what was cool oh, was the fact that... Don't the... attack me, guys. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was just unpacking it as we were talking, you know, because like, I said it uh, on the weekend. I was like, maybe they run Aussie qualifying and stuff during the day and they just get their traditional main event they could fit that into the Saturday night. But, but then when I'm thinking about it out loud, I'm like, probably wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. It, it all depends on, on who's riding, who's not riding. You know, it's tricky. So, But uh, we're now entering the uh, the funnest time of the year with the racing out of the way until uh, it's, it's silly season and it is in full swing, Joe. Well, yeah, Gibbsy gets announced today as moving to Gas Gas. Um, mm. You were at the launch. Um, yeah, so it's very wet down there at the moment. It's wet here. It's, it's it's been raining all over the east coast, man. It's been raining here the last few days. Um, yeah, out at Chucky's yesterday for the launch. Um, did so you was, uh, well, clearly Alpine Star sponsoring the? I don't know if you guys are a team sponsor or a rider sponsor. I forget, but um, clearly you knew. You, you didn't tell me, which I appreciate. But Gibbsy going to Gas Gas did not see that coming. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been in the works. Uh, yeah, we're obviously just doing individual deals with the guys, um, not team deals. So um, it's just a coincidence that they both happen to be riding on the same team. Um, yeah, that's been coming for a while. Um, obviously, there's a lot of this is probably going to be one of the biggest off seasons we've seen in a long time with guys moving around. Um, there's a lot that a lot going on behind the scenes that guys. Moving seats, moving brands, moving everything. So it's uh, it's going to be twenty four is going to look very different. Um, obviously, we've already seen Beaton and Ferris to CDR, and and you now Gibbsy uh, to Gas Gas and Byron Dennis. You know, MX three champ stepping up to MX two yeah, on the, the uh, on the yeah. on the Gas Gas. So um, yeah, it's really it's going to, and that's only <laughs> you know it's four out of so so many riders that will be moving. So do you think that uh, Crawford's going to step up then for the 450? Are you guys there? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a – sorry, I lost communication for a second. Yeah, we're going through a tunnel, guys. Sorry about that. You can move on to the next topic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was pretty sure that he wasn't. um, And Dino was never going to confirm this either way. Oh, of course. But at this point, it seems like the natural fit. So yeah. it's interesting. I thought he was down for 24. Disclaimer, we're not saying he is or isn't. Yes, I was just asking yeah. see if we could get some inside gossip. but yeah, Darnell's no. not letting nothing slip today. No. I'm an iron trap. I don't, I don't tell people anything. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I hear yeah. a lot of I get a lot of trouble when I say a lot of things, so I just say nothing out for it. Yeah, yeah, spe- exactly especially on a public me. consumption podcast, probably your safest bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking, talking, it's like, you know, uh, what do they call it? Telegram, telephone, tell a joke. Yeah, tell everyone. <laughs> tell a so. joke. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> I think I might use that. No, I wish. Uh, we, Dino, you and I have this conversation all the time. With, with all of our connections and things we do in the industry, we collectively wish we didn't do those things so we could actually break news and talk about all the things we know. Because... Yeah, but if we didn't know, we didn't know those connections, we wouldn't know shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's such a catch three too, because like all this stuff, you know, months ahead of time. I didn't know about the Gibbsy thing though, but that's that surprised yeah, I me. Kept that one, kept, I kept that one quiet from you. Yeah, so, no, like, not just I, you, but like there's. No, it's much, it's much easier just not to tell you anything. <laughs> yeah, well, like I'm the hairdresser of, of motocross yeah. over here. Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those fucking. Well, shit, can I swear on here? Um, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty confidential. Yeah. <laughs> that was believable. Yeah, far out, I guess not. I don't know. I'm not yeah, exactly I, a breaking I, news kind of journalist guy over here. Yeah. It's going to no, be a neatest job. To like right. stalk people and go, no. tell me your well, news. As long as it doesn't come from me, it's all right. It's come okay, from you. perfect, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just... I, you guys are great friends of mine. I'm just not going to say anything to either of you because it's, it's not worth it. Hey, SX3, real quick. Uh, Parker yeah. Ross, perfect season. Um, Kid's good. Kid's real good. Yeah, man. Uh, Kobe Drew, second in championship. Yeah. Kate Kingsford, cool, third. Campbell, fourth. That was impressive for Joel Campbell. Jack Byrne, I'm not sure how he got fifth. I'm not talking down on him, but I don't recall seeing him factor into the top five much but he must have been very consistent so hats off to Jack Byrne he's a kid out I mean, of Tas- obviously- Tasmania so yeah that's impressive and obviously you got the defending SX3 champion um, Jack Matthew wasn't out there yeah he, um, he got hurt at round one um, yeah pretty banged up there was I mean obviously Cam Williams went out uh, Deegan Rose Jack May there was obviously Always a lot of injuries in SX3, but that's your SX3 championship. And, man, Cooper Ford, boy, did he kill the last few rounds in the Chad Reed 85 Cup. Um, yeah. Very impressive at Melbourne, man. Yeah, very impressive. I, I like the 85. So I think it's a cool concept. Um, glad to see it back. Uh, and it's a cool concept because, obviously, um, Chad Reed is heroing it, which is just epic. Yeah, even, you know... It's great to have Chad, you know, being the, the spokesman and the uh, ambassador for that class. If it was the Great um, Lakes, the 85 Cup, he'd be a completely different vibe for you. I would so be cool. in it. It'd be, so cool. uh, it'd be cranberry vodkas on the, uh, no, maybe not for the kids on the 85s, but definitely <laughs> for the parents. I just meant for uh, you, it would be a different vibe. You're like, oh, it's cool Chad's there, but if it was the Langston Cup, you'd be like, it's the best race ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look. I'm not even a play favourite, right? Yeah. <laughs> but how cool for these kids, right? To have uh, Chad Reed, who's such like a name in the sport, mm. have them there. He's there mentoring them. These little tykes out on track. It's so cool. It is really cool, man. It's um, and it was it was cool to obviously add add the uh, the element of having his son out there as sort of a secondary ambassador. You know, kids big on YouTube. Like, I wonder, like Chad, obviously to us and like our generation, Chad Reed is you know, Chaddery, but I wonder if this next generation really understands, like, the start. Like, I was at a Honda dinner on Friday night and uh, Ricky Johnson was there, or Thursday night was. Um, and I obviously, you know, that's a generation prior to me. I know who he is. Like, I think it's really cool and who he is. But to someone like Cam Taylor who was there, like, Cam was, when I was a kid, I was lining up to get Cam Taylor's photo. Well, Cam Taylor was lining up to get Ricky Johnson's photo on, th- on Friday night, on Thursday night mm. as a, 40-year-old, 40 40-something-year-old 40 band, you know. So, 
you know, to, I wonder how, like, the kids on the 85, is Chad Reed, Chad Reed to them, or is it just like, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, old champion from, like, my dad's year? Like, I think if you think about relevancy, right, Chad Reed to these kids is Chad Reed on YouTube with Tate Reed. Yeah. Like, that's who he is to these. So, yeah, they know him. He's a big deal. They're never going to understand the Chad Reed, James Stewart that we knew. Um or the hero Chad was before he left Australia, you know, that that is going to be lost on them. That's for their parents, like our era. Or probably, yeah. you know, my age or, or older. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You're right. You know, like, yeah, I know who Rick Johnson, Ricky Johnson is. He was a legend, but I never saw Ricky Johnson race. So it's like, yeah, I know of what he did. I've seen his races, but it wasn't our era. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's interesting. Like, it's probably a bigger deal for the industry and for the fans than it is for the kids. Um, yeah. But still having that star power there, and obviously that's someone who has raced 85 Supercross or 80 Supercross back then mm. uh, and understands the power of like, what he had the ability to do, being able to race an 85 Supercross at you know, such a young age versus the Americans that didn't do that. You know, it's, It created the pathway for him to go and race Supercross. So, well, you can I see it really- already, man. Like Cooper Ford. Jack Nunn, like these kids are going to be doing it next year again, right? I think they're young enough. Yeah. So they've already got experience this really, year. They're going to come back yeah. and do it next year before they go to SX3. Then you can start to see the pathway where it's going to go. Well, where did we say? I think, was it Cade Kingsford or I can't remember if it was Cade or Ryder Kingsford uh, at Geelong Supercross riding, riding a 65 or an 85 back then? Yeah, it would have been Cade. Cade on a 65? Yeah. Kid ripped, like yeah, that runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, like watching him jump stuff at Geelong. We watched a couple of guys trying to get their endorsement prior to that, and um, yeah, I remember <laughs> I took that endorsement session as a coach. It was um, terrifying. Yeah, just roll around, man. Just don't do this. Okay, you've done that. Good luck. Um, <laughs> not racing tonight. Yeah. Watching a, a YZ two fifty F just come tumbling at us in the stands. I'm like, okay. Oh man, that was uh, yeah. For, for, context, in five years. <laughs> for context for everyone, in 2019 when I was I was still coaching full time, um, I took the endorsement session on on Saturday morning at the Geelong Supercross to get the kids that didn't have an endorsement. So basically, it's just like they're all g'd up to jump the triple and the finish jump, and it's like, hey, the track's just been watered and prepped. Don't jump anything; you're gonna die, right? Poor choice of words, but yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so basically, I'm like, I want to see you double the whoops. I want to see you double some rhythms, and I'll sign you off. Like, you just, you're not going to jump the finish jump or the triple. Like, it's completely watered out. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I turn my back, like, second lap, next minute. Kid just jumps through the bars on 50F and just just destroys this Yamaha's 50F off the finish jump. Hey, Darnell. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was something. <laughs> it was something. I'll say that. It was, uh, yeah, like I have no business being on a supercross track um, whatsoever. I actually, I probably have no business being on a motocross track. But seeing some guys out there, you're like, mm, maybe another year at the test track and then come back. You know, like it's credit to everyone that tries to ride supercross or does ride supercross because that shit's fucking terrifying. Well, we didn't see it this but, year though. I felt like everyone out there was pretty much on a level that they should have been. I mean, obviously in the 40 class, there's a big difference between the elite guys and the mid-pack guys. Um but, you know, it was good to see. I think these 85 kids are really going to benefit from the experience. Yeah, I think, and that'll just, I, I actually would like to see it 
at um, at Primax next year. Like maybe you know. I think there's more for what I hear next year at Primax. I think I think that's the right move. You know, um, I'd actually love to see a one two five class, not well senior or junior, whatever it may be. Um, I think we're going to see you know, more of that, man. Like now, MA has seen the success of eighty fives and. It's going to become a, another pathway, you know, like, and that to me is, is someone in the, in the industry. I think that's the goal is that not that the junior Aussies, I'll, I'll be real, but junior Aussies are outdated model that go and racing for a week thing in this economy, parents taking a week off, traveling around the country to race once a day. It, it, it doesn't bring the kids along as much as having three or four support rounds each season at Prime X, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, yeah, obviously in, in Europe, we see they have the um, AMX125 and those MX125 classes. Uh, I think that Yamaha thing that they do in Europe is really cool, where it's just everyone's on YZ125s. Yeah, it's like the Yamaha uh, 125 Cup, I think. Um, I think that would be really, really cool, whether it's Yamaha or KDM. Or, uh, obviously, I've seen the, the new Gas Gas yesterday. Um, electric start 125s with a sand mode and a uh, hard pack mode. Um, Damn, that's cool. It's really cool, man. Um, obviously, fuel injected one. Obviously, this stuff's been on the KDM before, but um, obviously, the first time I've seen one in person yesterday on the gas gas. Um, you know, whether it's one of those manufacturers or all the manufacturers, obviously, Honda and Cowie and, and Suzuki, um, you know, they sort of get left because they don't have those bikes. So I understand if it's not an open category, but if someone wants to say, hey, let's have a KDM. One two five class, or a, you know, we've got Yamaha YZ sixty five. So why not have KDM eighty five class, and then you know, Gas Gas one two five class, or whatever it may be. Um, I really like the model. They also have a um, ASBK with the OJC class, where everyone's on the same bike. Everyone gets their leathers, their helmet, their boots. Everything's provided. You just got to pay your money at the start of the year. It's a cost effective way to go racing and get you into the sport. I think it's a really, really cool model. And if they could find a way to translate that over into motocross, that would be really cool. It'll come. It'll definitely come. Um, hey, Donnell, food for thought. Just just something for you. I'm just going to bring this out right now. Did you know that uh, Renita's fiance, Richie Leach, he just walked into the kitchen right now. Now, Richie and I grew up racing together in the UK. I bet you didn't know that Richie raced Anaheim 1 in 2009. That's really cool. I did not know that. Yeah, there you go. Is that were you riding freestyle then? I was riding freestyle then, but um, Richie, before he went road racing, he continued on with the the racing dream that I left behind. Um, we were just talking mm. last night that we won. Uh, no, we didn't win. I think he won. We won. We he, won. He, we won. He, I think he may have won at one point, but we raced the, the British one twenty five championship in two thousand six. Um, but yeah, they just there's just the pedigree in the room right now. You know what I mean? So much star power and you. <laughs> and hey, you. I'm just the glue that holds all this star power together, you know? Yeah, that's it. Um, shitty glue. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I remember that. All right, yeah. guys. Hey, um, I think we'll wrap this one up here. And obviously, that's the, the last one of the season. So, we'll, we'll do some shows at some point between now and next season. Maybe we won't know how Inside Dirt can be at times. But... Um, just hey, Renita's there. It seems like it's, it, the ship has steadied again. Yeah, <laughs> I have someone to, to help. And it's it's great, helping a lot. There's, so. great articles going, there's great articles going out on the website. The socials are flowing again. 
you know, if she could start recording podcasts, that'd be great. Um, We're working on it. Bloody love you, Donna. We're working on it. (laughs) There's more to come, let's put it that way. You want to say you're the glue. It always seems to be your offside of the lizard glue was once me, and I have gladly passed that torch to Renita, and she is doing a much better job than I ever could. So, oh, thank you. Uh, I think I, I just yeah. I just need a Joe Stevens Wrangler because, like, even in the third person, I talk about the race weekends, and I say to Renita, like, when I'm off being Joe Stevens, which yeah. is like when I'm on the <laughs> mic, or that's not me being a rock star. Like, that's just me. You know how I am. I'm all Bad over the place. Stuff. So then yeah. I come to you, Darnell, and I go, help. <laughs> help, help, help. I'm drowning. What do I do with this? No, I'm very involved. Uh, just when when it, it's it, – we've actually been very organized this Supercross season. Renita. Yeah. But you know what's hilarious is when I'm texting him and he's talking into a microphone into a stadium of 15,000 people and I'm like, um, what, what do I do with this? Yeah, and I'm like, post this, talk to him, <laughs> like whatever it is. Go find Darnell. And I say I can't multitask. It's funny. Um, definitely can under pressure. But all right, guys. Hey, uh, Inside Dirt Show, uh, Melbourne, Supercross kind of Supercross 23 wrap. Uh, again – Massive shout out to uh, Gas Imports, Thor Australia, Michelin, Starcross Six, and um, your listeners. Fantastic season! We've done what eight to ten Prime X rounds, live shows with AMX Superstores. Dino, you're a big part of those, and it's actually kind of crazy to think it's December in a couple of days, and we're wrapping this year up. So, thank you everyone for listening, supporting the platform. Uh, it does not go unappreciated. The sponsors, uh, the guests, the riders. Um, Renita, yourself, you've been involved from the second half of the season on. And, uh, yeah, let's let's do this all again in 24, Darnell. Yeah, let's uh, – I've still got to get through some road, uh, the final round of road racing this oh, weekend. Oh, you going to the uh, end this weekend. Yep. I, uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> it's Wednesday. I don't know if I'm going or not. But uh, We were, we were going to fly in, still, but, but it, I, I feel yeah. better of it, honestly. Yeah, if anyone's still listening and cares, whatever, it's on around ASK. We've got the Superbike class, the two title contenders are tied on points going into the last round. Ooh, like it is who do you epic. think is, do you reckon, Herfoss? See, as an unbiased supporter of both, because Josh Waters and Troy Herfoss are both Alpine Stars athletes, <laughs> I, uh, I can't have an opinion. Oh, come <laughs> so on. I just want, as long as, well, Either way, one of them's going to win, and I'm happy about it um, from a business standpoint. Um, obviously, Troy is ending his tenure with Honda uh, after this round, which is massive after massive. after ten years, five years with um, with Dion Coote and Elite in that Elite Roads Motorsport team. Um, that's that's huge to see. It's going to be odd to see Troy not on a red bike. Yeah. Um, or maybe I don't know what where he lands next year. That I have no idea about. Um, but it's yeah, it's very interesting. So you know, make sure you tune in. Well, I think it's on SBS and Stan and everywhere that you watch Pro Max. ASPK is there as well. So tune into that. Um, it's a it's a very cool time to to be wrapping up a championship like that. Uh, I'm also super g'd up because it's testing season for MotoGP. It's awesome. Uh, we were watching that yesterday. I I never need a weekend. Oh. I actually like it more than the actual racing because. Hey, Dino, I bro. actually watched my first MotoGP race with he these did. guys. He did. He watched bro, it and he asked all the questions. It, yeah, I had a lot of I had a lot of questions. It is the best thing in the world. Oh, I've told isn't you. it just? 
<laughs> Can we talk for another hour about we, MotoGP? Yeah. No, we can't. This is I super think me and Renita might have a format. Yeah, we'll, 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 I don't know, maybe if there's an inline, uh, inside curb or inside, I don't Ooh, know. Stay tuned, stay um, tuned. Do, am I'm I stay tuned. Or, yeah. Are you, do you know about this or not? Oh, I have an inkling of it, but I just would like it to happen already. It's going to happen. Oh, happily. It was going to happen yeah. for the bend, but um, we're pushing it to, to 24, but it's coming. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, inside something. Inside yes. some tarmac or whatever it is, but Stay tuned, I don't know. Guys. Yeah, I'll have perhaps the inside line, you know, maybe, maybe might also be on Instagram already if you want to have a look. Yeah, you never know. Right? Oh, bye. All right, there you go. We've got to slip early. Sorry, everyone, that I like road bike stuff. No, too. It's cool. cool. We'll, we'll preview it. We, yeah, we were gonna, yeah. um, we might as well put it out. Renita will be heading <laughs> up, um, inside line, which is going to be the ASBK MotoGP podcast on the uh, inside, uh, well, I guess, yeah, ID Media Group. Yeah. Inside uh, inside line, we've got to consolidate all this, but that will be happening next year. Um, same deal, race coverage. There you go, you're welcome the plug on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll drop the news. So, uh, yeah, you, you can, because I'll have zero input, because I'll be like, oh, <laughs> what? That's cool, man. Like, they can drop their rear suspension on MotoGP coming out of turns, yeah. you know? Um, you guys That's can, cool, man. Cool. No, you need to... I, I get involved, it, but I don't know enough to speak well about it. So you guys can um, geek out. Neither do I, but I'll wing it anyway. Oh, I don't Donna, know. I'll message about you. Motocross. I've made it this far. Yeah, you'll be behind. Yeah. So um, anyway, it's exciting. There'll be more coverage to come um, with with MotoGP and ASBK. But um, all right, let's round it up there. Appreciate everyone listening, Daniel. Thanks for your time, uh, Luke Zelinsky and Kyle Webster, Renita. Um, that's it. Twenty twenty three over and out. Over and out. That's it. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next year.